Fraud Pod. Hello, listener, and thank you so much for joining us on this 52nd edition of the Teaching Abroad Pod. I'm your host, Roland Lomas, and joining me as co-host is Ashley from our operations department. How are things with you, Ashley? Very good, thank you. How about you? Pretty good, no complaints. So as you know, we have a very uh, exciting repeat guest joining us today, one of our uh, Tesla course graduates who's gone and volunteered all over Latin America. Uh, most recently, he was in Guatemala. And I was just wondering what comes to mind when you think about Guatemala? Well, um, my mom has actually been to Guatemala. So when I think about it, um, what comes to mind is memory, actually, I, I still have it. My mom brought me back this beautiful blanket. It's like woven yarn. Um, it's super colorful and super soft. Um, and I, I love it. I think I've had it since I was probably maybe 15 or 16. So it's been around for a bit. Um, but I, I love it. It's still in a great condition. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The quality is very high. <laughs> yeah. Not that you're old, but Cool. Well, you definitely have more experience with Guatemala than I do, even though it's not that much. You know, I lived in Costa Rica. I lived in Nicaragua. So I've lived in Central America. So I'm wondering if there are kind of similarities in the types of food you might encounter. I'm sure a lot of, you know, maize, corn-based tortillas and things like that. But yeah, I don't know much about Guatemala at all. So I'm happy to say that we have... uh, Dale coming back as our guest this week, who has had the opportunity to explore short-term teaching placements in four different countries now, most recently, Guatemala. So he should be able to tell us all about things you can see and do and eat and drink in Guatemala. But first, a word from our sponsor. With Oxford Seminars, starting your new career teaching ESL couldn't be easier. Oxford Seminars has trained more than 70,000 teachers over the past 30 years, and you could be next. Our comprehensive 120-hour program starts with live instruction from an experienced ESL teacher, followed by convenient online modules. If your goal is to relocate overseas or even teach from the comfort of your own home, Oxford Seminars' renowned lifetime job placement service will get you where you want to be. Right now, you can get $50 off your Oxford Seminars TESOL TESOL TEFL course price when paying in full by calling 1-888-225-2480 and giving the code TEACHINGABROADPOD. Visit OxfordSeminars.com today to find out more. Welcome back, listener. We are thrilled to have back on the pod recently returned stateside from Guatemala, Oxford Seminars TEFL course graduate Dale Ezek. Primarily a professional driver most of the year, Dale earned his TEFL certificate back in 2018 and has since gone on to teach English in Colombia, Mexico, Honduras, and Guatemala. Welcome back to the pod, Dale. Thank you, Rowan. Glad to be back. I can't wait to talk about Guatemala. (laughs) Great. Uh, Dale, you've taught in quite a few different places. What would you say are the major differences between teaching in Colombia, Mexico, Honduras, and Guatemala? Well, all right, that really boils down to who you're staying with. In Mexico, I stayed with a family. In Honduras and Colombia, I stayed in teacher's housing, teacher housing. 
And in Guatemala, I stayed with a family. And that that makes a difference. Your your whole lifestyle depends on your living situation and your schedule. And and also, I mean, the, the places themselves were kind of similar, to be honest. Uh, they're all tropical for the most part. You know, similar cultures, similar food. But it, it really boiled down to uh, the environment and and the living situation. What would you say are the pros and cons of each? Well, let's see. I really enjoy living with a family. Um, in Mexico, I, I consider them my Mexican family. Uh, I'm going back to Mexico again in uh, four weeks, and I'll be I'll be teaching again in Tehuacan at uh, Help for the winter again. And I become really close with them. And in fact, their grandson. I live with a a grandmother and a grandfather there, and their grandson. He's recently graduated from college. And he got a contract in the United States as a lifeguard in upstate New York. And he came to visit me for a week in Rhode Island. And even this previous winter, I visited them twice. You know, I just go down there and we're a family. So that's it. I mean, uh, living with a family, I don't know. I just like it because I, you know, I've got family here. I get homesick. I've got nieces and nephews. And living with a family just uh, helps alleviate the homesicknesses. And living with the teachers, well, it's fun, you know, uh, kind of get a little crazy. You got, you've always got somebody to hang out with and you get a little wild. So, and I like that too. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, Guatemala was one of the shortest of your stints, just over a month, I believe for their quote unquote summer school. Yes. So I'm wondering, can you, do you feel you can really take very much away from such a short term position? And do you feel the students are really benefiting from a volunteer teacher who's only with them for a month or so? Okay, so this is what's interesting about the Guatemala experience. They have a three-month break in between the end and the beginning of their school year. And this summer school program is about three weeks right in the middle. And it gives the students a chance to come back, maybe meet their new teachers, get acclimated, going to school again. It gives their parents a break. You know, it's only three hours in the morning. And it's, it's a special time. The little ones, uh, it's their first day of school, the little, the preschool ones. And that was just adorable. You know, this is these, these the kids, their, their first time being away from their mother and uh, just watching them, you know, look around and, and get used to it and acclimate to being in school around other kids, uh, overcome their fears. The kindergartens, they graduate into first grade and that's a big deal. There was a whole graduation ceremony uh, the parents and music and the kids all got dressed up. They're wearing ties and their fancy shoes and their hair was whatever. They put the stuff in their hair and all the girls were dressed up and all the parents and all the teachers. So that that was a, a ceremony that I enjoyed. And also I saw the high school kids graduate and the sixth graders graduate to secondary school. And it was a whole production. There was there was music. And once again, there was a little play that the kids put on. And a uh, really special time to be there. There was a, a, a dance between the daughters and the fathers and the mothers and, and the daughters after graduation. And just uh, just a lovely, lovely experience. Um, let's see. Real, so, uh, cultural experience. Just just even to be there for a short period of time. Right. And and the thing with this experience during this time of year is there is so much going on. Uh, <laughs> For example, I mean, the beginning of November is Dios de los Muertos, you know, the Day of the Dead celebration. So that's going on in town. Uh, there's also the Sumpango Kite Festival, 
which is right near Antigua. And that was just fascinating. These huge kites the size of a, a trampoline flying in the air. And at the same time, I mean, I counted almost 100 kites in the air at one point, And it's a big festival. Once again, music and food and dancing and kids and, and chaos. And then also there is the flower festival. It's a huge festival in Antigua. Thousands of people where they, I hope you got some of my pictures, where they just decorate everything with flowers and it's just a great big party. And that all happens in, in the span of four weeks. And let's see, I didn't get to do a lot. I was really concentrating on just um, the school. I wanted to get an idea of what Guatemala was like in case I'd like to return. And I absolutely want to return. Um, I didn't get to hike any of the volcanoes. I didn't get to check out the ruins. I didn't go to the lake. There's tons to do. And uh, I can't wait to go back and experience some of the other things myself. Um, where is someone you or somewhere you'd recommend people visit in terms of sightseeing in or near Antigua? Well, there's uh, there are two vol there are three volcanoes, and the most fascinating one is Fuego, because it erupts just about every 15 minutes. Not wow. necessarily a massive plume every single time, but it is constantly erupting, and you can you can hike the adjacent volcano and actually look down at Mount Fuego and watch it erupt. It's, uh, it's a hike up and you spend the night and then a hike down the next day. I didn't get to do it. From what I understand, it is a difficult hike. You have to carry your own water, like you have to carry four liters of water and you need proper shoes, you need proper gear. And that absolutely I would recommend. Like at night, I never did get to see it because uh, of the weather conditions, but you can see it. You can see the lava popping out <laughs> at night if there's no, there are no clouds. And there's another, there's a lake called Lake At Atlan. You, I, I'm not really sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's nearby. And it's supposed to be one of the most magical places in the world. It's a great big lake from a dormant volcano, I believe. And it's surrounded by volcanoes. There's 37 volcanoes in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, a country about the size of Tennessee. And there's another place I didn't get to go to called El Peradon, which means the wall, I believe. And that's on the West Coast. And it's, uh, it's a party town to put it bluntly, a surf spot and a party town. So I'm looking forward to checking that out next time I go down. Sounds like the kind of place you'd enjoy. Yep, yep, right up my alley. <laughs> Those kinds of lakes, I mean, um, I did live in Nicaragua for a few months. They call, you know, the land of lakes and volcanoes for that same reason. They're okay. beautiful volcano uh, lake, Laguna de Apoyo, maybe. I can't remember the name. It was quite a long time. It was such a serene, mm -hmm. beautiful spot and i can only imagine uh the one in guatemala right that's funny that painting behind you is from Nic nicaragua right it is that is true <laughs> yeah i was thinking i thought you got that in guatemala and, and i said i want you to find me a teaching job in guatemala and you said okay and then i rewatched our interview and i was like oh wait a minute <laughs> it's from nicaragua but uh <laughs> it still worked out it still worked out because guatemala was just amazing just amazing and the city itself, Antigua, is just, it's full of these ruins. I mean, it was hit by a, struck by a earthquake. So there are a lot of ruins, but a lot of it survived. There's just these ancient cathedrals and cobblestone streets, and everything has been preserved. You know, you don't drive into the city and get smacked in the face with a KFC sign and Pizza Hut. <laughs> don't get me wrong. They've got some of that stuff if you want it, but it's not in your face. It's, they've really preserved the, the charm and, and the history and the architecture that's 
if there weren't any cars or lights, you you feel like you woke up 200 years ago. I'm serious. Sounds gorgeous. Absolutely. Um, now, what would you recommend from your experience in terms of food and drink? Any recommendations for those going to Guatemala and want to have something delicious? Well, it's pretty interesting because it is surrounded by so many different countries. So there's a lot of... Uh, uh, food influences, cuisine influences. There's Mexico right there. So there's, you know, there's a, uh, we got fresh tortillas every day. I stayed at a homestay, which I highly recommend. And I was provided three meals a day. And so I didn't, I did go out a little bit and try some of the local cuisine, but mostly I ate at the house. I was the only teacher there, but there were three other residents, which was nice. There was a girl from Germany. She was there as a volunteer, as a physical therapist. There was another girl from Japan, and she was there studying uh, Spanish, studying to learn Spanish. And there was also my my homestay's family, who are always popping in and out, which was lovely. And uh, we we shared all of our meals together. And she was a wonderful cook. And I don't really know the names of a lot of things I had, but the thing about it is, the produce and the meat, you know, the pork, the chicken, and everything is so fresh, and it's so simple. Uh, you know, just a pounded piece of pork in a skillet with a little bit of oil, salt and pepper is just delicious. And even just a salad with some radishes, cucumbers and lettuce with lime and salt. It's all you need because everything is so fresh. And uh, that's, and that's the it. quality of the food goes a long way. Uh, no matter where you are in the world, fresh market produce is so much better than, you know, those uh, bland tomatoes you buy at the store, the grocery stores here. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, every meal, every dinner, you know, she, there was either soup or a pasta dish before that, not to mention the coffee, of course. And uh, there was also juice every day, different papaya, mango, tamarindo, like limonade. Freshly squeezed. Exactly. Exactly. And, nice. and quite sweet. <laughs> I usually had to cut mine half and half with water. They love their sweets down there. So there was a tienda right near the house that I really enjoyed. And there were all sorts of fried little goodies, these little fritos and, and beans for hardly any money. And they were just, they were made all 50 cents for like a little dumpling full of meat. And I would, I would pick up some of those. And also the bakeries just a, seemed to be a bakery around every corner with uh, all sorts of different cupcakes and cookies and cakes. And I enjoy those types of things too. That's something I loved about Costa Rica. And in Nicaragua, what I know is a lot of street barbecue, like barbecue everywhere. Is it like that in Guatemala? There wasn't so much street food. No. Now that you mention it, no. No, there wasn't. There was, uh, I mean, at the festivals, yeah. I mean, there were tons of booths with all sorts of, all sorts of sausages and meats and, and chicken satay and, and things like that. You know, whole pigs just roasting on a skillet. But no, now that you mention it, there was not a lot of street food. But the restaurants, yeah, yeah, the restaurants were really cool. Uh, and I guess that must be some kind of a city ordinance. You know, to be honest, there there wasn't really room. You know, there were there were, you could get ice cream and little treats like that, peanuts and things, but no, nobody out there with grills. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with a lack of space. To be honest, the streets are small, they're narrow, they're you know from four hundred years ago, and with the traffic yeah. and the bikes and the parking, I just don't think there was enough room for something like that <laughs> but uh so the one the cool thing about the restaurants is it's a walled city you know everything is walls 
And you might see a little sign outside and you go in like, what do they got here? And then they'll, they'll take you into the restaurant and then boom, it just opens up into this massive courtyard with gardens and tables and, and fountains and, and candles. And it's all really kind of dark and mysterious and romantic and it's poetic. It's just, uh, it's romantic. It's, it's otherworldly. It's just so uh, special. I can't think of the word right now. It's just fascinating. Back in time. <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's just, adjectives. You figured it out. thank you thank you <laughs> and, it's, and, the, and the flowers uh there's just so much flora and fauna uh everywhere just everything is a garden and there's hanging plants and palms and and christmas lights and and kites and decorations and it's just beautiful beautiful around every turn you mentioned that you did a homestay when you were in guatemala mm -hmm. would you say that's the most common housing situation or were there other options there are plenty plenty of options um there were three other teachers two of them were volunteers they were they were a retired couple from the united states and uh so this was kind of interesting there was the retired couple and then there was also a younger girl from germany so it's funny she was in her gap years just finished high school and about to start college and then there's me kind of in the middle and then there was the retired couple who had already lived their lives, raised their children, and now they're just exploring the world. So there was this really interesting dichotomy of, of uh, experience and lack of experience and, um, and teachers. So I was staying in the homestay uh, that was recommended through the school. Paola, the girl from Germany, she was staying with other, other people her age from Germany in uh, a similar, not, not a homestay, they, they cooked for themselves. And uh, Peter and his wife, they they were the the retired couple they had a airbnb for two months so they were kind of on their own so that's three different options but there are plenty of hostels plenty of inexpensive hotels plenty of expensive hotels as well but i mean for me homestay is the way to go all the way i you know it was uh, anna she was the host she uh she turned 61 while we were there and uh, i celebrate her whole family were there all of her kids all of her grandkids uh so we cel celebrated her birthday I partied with her sons. You know, there were some young kids. We went out, we went to the club. They were really young. I couldn't keep up with them. Um, and then one of her other sons, he owns a restaurant in a, in a nearby town. We took a trip and I had a burger and a couple beers there. And it was just, and her husband, her husband, she, she has, as an old timer, he's guy was in his nineties. I'm not even kidding. Wow. And uh, yeah, he was super, super cool guy. He spoke some English, but, uh, you know, on any given moment in the day, he'd be taking a nap on the couch or anywhere he was, actually. But it was just special. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny and special and, and so much fun. I, I mean, if when I go back, I am for sure going to stay with his family again. Yeah, I love homestay, too, because there's no better way to live like a local, see how, how the people live and eat and where they go. Best places that maybe tourists haven't heard of or never would have thought to go to. Exactly. Yeah, certainly benefits to that experience. Um, mm -hmm. I'm wondering in terms of cost of living, how far does a U.S. dollar go in Guatemala? What can you what can you buy there with a few bucks? Uh, it can go far, absolutely, but you can also spend money. But I mean, it's the, the value is incredible. Uh, so one beer at a bar might have been $1.50 and a shot of tequila, a couple bucks. A piece of about 10 bucks, you know, a bowl of pasta for eight or nine dollars, a glass of wine, seven or eight dollars bracelets. I don't have mine on, but, you know, there's all sorts of amazing, beautiful crafts, leather goods, uh, stitching, bracelets, necklaces, purses, all sorts of stuff. 
very reasonably priced. And and they haggle for sure, uh, especially when they see Gringo. But very reasonable and beautiful, beautiful, handcrafted, excellent quality, quality merchandise uh, as far as souvenirs go. And as far as activities, very, very affordable. Like for $55, say, say roughly 55 American, you get picked up at your hotel or your homestay, driven to the volcano or wherever you're going, whatever, you know, the lake or this or that, shown around town and driven back safely. It's so, so that's very reasonable, not to mention convenient, getting picked up and all of that. So as far as the activities go and there's there's plenty to do that doesn't cost any money um, as far as hiking goes. So as far as stretching your dollar, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you what, I did not have a lot of money while I was there and my budget was about fifty dollars a week. And that's insane. That's not a lot of money. Now, granted, I was eating three meals a day uh, at the house. Sundays, it was up to us to get whatever food we wanted. But on $50 a week, I was still able to go out two or three nights a week, have a few beers, eat plenty of food, and bring home some souvenirs for my my family. Nice. Yeah. Um, speaking of souvenirs, you did mention some local handicrafts um, and other things that you noticed. Would you find that those things were readily available? Did you have to look too far to find something to bring home? No, absolutely not. I mean, in fact... I often um, would would take a different route so I didn't walk by them, the same people every single day and not buy something because, <laughs> because it is it's it, I just didn't have it in my budget. Um, they're everywhere. They're on the side of the street. They're in the park. They're all sorts of stores and they're not they're not aggressive at all. Some places you go they you know, they, they really are aggressive, kind of in your face buy this, buy this, you know, putting a hat on, showing you some sunglasses, almost blocking your way. They were super, super polite and respectful uh, when you were look, just looking, just looking and, you know, no problem, no problem. And uh, when I, you know, when they did give an initial price for, for a bracelet that I thought might be too much, uh, she came down and was like, well, I'm going to need 10. And she's OK, OK. And even when I, I picked out all the little braces for my nieces and nephews, I was like, now I want something for me. And she I picked one out and she just gave it to me, which I thought was really sweet. Awesome. And you kind of touched on this already, but, uh, and I did too as well, based on my experience, but I guess uh, just to elaborate, I know you made some really strong connections with people you met while teaching in Mexico, and you've been back a few times since. So what would you say is like the biggest takeaway from that kind of the people you meet when you're working on these programs? Well, it's kind of frustrating because you can't be everywhere at once. It's always hard to leave. Like, I already can't wait to go back to Guatemala, you know, and I haven't even been back to Mexico yet. Uh, <laughs> and I can't I can't explain it, really. Um, I don't know why it's so special. I don't know why the people are so friendly. This That's a hard question. You make friends quick. I, I don't know how it happens so quick. I guess it's because everybody's traveling and experiencing something new. There's a mutual respect, a mutual curiosity. And it just you just form bonds. It just happens if you're if you're open minded, you've got a good heart. If you care, it just happens. It, it I can't explain it. Um, I'm still friends with with people I met in Colombia over five years ago. We still keep in touch and they, they keep asking me when I'm going to come back. And I, I say as soon as possible. But, you know, there's only so much time. There's only so much money. Otherwise, I'd be back uh, to every single place I've been. I'd love to go. I wish I could go to every single place every single year for the rest of my life. 
and then and then also visit 100 other other places. We've talked a lot um, about Guatemala itself, but in terms of classroom teaching, what were your students' ages um, and class sizes in Guatemala? How does it compare to other teachers? Well, I'll say that teaching in Guatemala was hands down the most fun I have ever had teaching. It was just ridiculous. Uh, Mostly I have taught adults and teenagers. And don't get me wrong, I have a lot of fun doing that. But this time, I really, I, it was uh, the the smallest kids, the prepa, five and six-year-old kids, up to sixth grade. And these kids love being in school, which helps. And uh, what, el- what also helped was that this was the summer school program. So there wasn't rigid lessons. Uh, there wasn't any testing. It was all fun. We were singing carols. We were coloring. We were making bracelets. We were playing dodgeball. We had water balloon fights. And that was it. It was just fun. I mean, I I was dancing like an idiot with all these kids just going crazy. Uh, and I was singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed da- Reindeer and uh, Frosty the Snowman and just getting silly with these kids, which I'd never really done before. I, I mean, I it t- it's so much energy. And I was working with uh, – I was an assistant – so I was primarily working with the English teacher, but when I didn't have class, I was able to visit all the other classrooms, you know, either gym or art or or any of them. I was just able to pick and choose and go in and help. And some days uh, I would just draw on the chalkboard. We do a dolphin or a reindeer and all the kids would copy it. So let's see. Yeah, the most fun I've ever had teaching easily was in Guatemala. And like I was saying, I was uh, I was an assistant. Uh, Miss Manuela, she was just incredible. And uh, let's see. So that was great. You know, no stress. I didn't have to worry about lesson planning. I just followed her lead and jumped in when I thought I could help. Uh, And she was just like this magician controlling the kids. They were all really well behaved, but it was just funny. Like if they got out of control, this uh, maybe you've seen it before teaching this uh, holy moly. Put your hands up. Holy moly. And all the kids repeated and holy moly, guacamole. (laughs) And uh and then suddenly they would just put their hands back down and get back to work and focus again. And uh, hands on knees, hands on knees. When the kids got out of control, they put their hands on their knees, wait for instructions, and then boom, they're focused and back to work again. She was just so fun and sweet. And uh, I really learned a lot from her uh, about teaching and just, uh, well, uh, let's see. One thing that they really focused on, which I thought was interesting, was uh, empathy. And, uh, you know, I never really considered that as a lesson to be taught in class. I just, and do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Maybe because I never taught kids that young, but that was it. You know, a lot of it was uh, uh, teaching the children how and why to care for and about each other. And and they all did. They were all so sweet with each other and uh, just sharing. And, and I loved it. It was just beautiful every day. Awesome. Yeah. Well, one final question. Sure. We always like to ask our guests who have taught abroad is what advice do you have for anyone who is thinking of getting certified and going to teach overseas, but maybe on the fence debating, is this really worth my time and my money? Uh, well, I think, yeah, I said the last time, just do it. Uh, get your passport. And the thing about uh, this, this experience in Guatemala, which I would recommend, I would recommend for the people on the fence. Yeah, it does cost some money for, for sure. But um. The program that I just did was just about one month, three weeks to a month. And, uh, you know, it gives you a great opportunity to just try it. 
before you sign that commitment for three or four months or a year, you know, if you're going crazy out in Korea or something like that, try to find something that maybe isn't such a crazy commitment. And just, yeah, spend a little money. And I promise you, you, I mean, on, on day two, you'll be like, okay, you're, you're, the wheels will start turning and you will already start thinking about where I'm going to go, where you're going to go next. I mean, when I, day two in Guatemala, I was like, I don't have enough time here. You know, I, I was just going because I wanted to get an idea of Guatemala in case I want to return. But in day two, I was like, I know I want to return. And uh, so that's it. Um, you don't have to necessarily take on the greatest, the, the biggest commitment. There are plenty of opportunities to get out there and just and just try it. So you don't have to make that massive commitment, quit your job, leave your apartment, sell your car, <laughs> find something that is that is shorter and just give it a try. And, and I promise you won't be disappointed. It'll change your life for the better. Great advice. Very much appreciated. Uh, thanks sure. again for taking the time to chat with us on the Teaching Abroad pod. And it was great having you. And hopefully we'll have you back again after your next adventure, wherever that may be. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, I just, uh, I, we were talking before and I wrote a book. I wrote a book and it's not published yet, but I, I expect it to be published by spring. And uh, I'd love to come back and tell you about my next experience in Mexico and promote my book. Absolutely. What are you doing if you're not self-promoting? <laughs> all right ashley it was a pleasure to meet you rowan thank you as usual for all your help i had another amazing experience because of your uh direction and i look forward to uh wherever you're going to send me after mexico <laughs> awesome sounds great see you again in the spring all right adios before we go we do have a little job placement update for those job seekers who may be listening yeah so that a volunteer program in Antigua, Guatemala, that Dale was talking about, they typically hire a handful of teachers for four-month positions beginning in July, as well as the 40-day summer school jobs to begin in October and November around there. And they're also able to assist with homestay accommodations, which, as Dale said, is really a great way to get to know the community and see the local sites and things like that. And the program that Dale taught with in Cofradia Honduras, and you can hear him talking about that way back in episode 27, uh, they hire volunteer teachers for three-month or longer positions and provide free shared accommodations in the teacher apartment. They take new teachers uh, all year round, so great one to consider for people who can go at least three months. Then there's the four-month program in Tehuacan, Mexico that Dale worked with, and they hire teachers in January, May, and September each year and offer a stipend of 5,000 pesos plus free shared housing. I think there's a teacher apartment where you get your own room as well as homestay options. And Dale talked about some of the highlights of that experience back in episode 27 as well. In his first volunteer teaching abroad experience, at least that I know of, uh, was with a volunteer program in Ibagué, Colombia. This language school takes teachers for as short as one month, and for a small program fee, teachers get hostel housing and food, and they take new teachers throughout the year as well. So good one to consider for people who want a short, a very short-term option at a low cost. You know, when you think of the current rent prices in major cities and even small towns, I think, these days, you know, what's $50 a week, really? Not that much. 
Uh, also, I should mention we work with a short-term volunteer program that's got teaching assistant positions in various other Colombian cities, typically two to three months in length, starting in August and February each year. And their program participants get free homestay room and board with a local family in exchange for working as a teaching assistant in the public school system. And staying on the topic of short-term volunteer programs, uh, don't forget about the opportunity for youth 30 and under to volunteer for three months in Spain, starting in April, September, or next January, with again, free homestay housing. If you want more information about any of those short-term opportunities, be sure to get in touch with your job placement advisor. Thanks as always for tuning into the Teaching Abroad Pod. We're aiming to release new episodes monthly for the foreseeable future. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. As always, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and your podcasting app of choice. If you have any great ideas you'd like to share with us in an upcoming episode, tell us on Instagram or email us at teachingabroadpod at oxfordsummers.com. Thanks very much. Bye. See ya.